what up, guys? Welcome back to On the Break Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. It's J Mac here, Kyle Beats, Josh VG is out. Kyle, what's going on, man? What up, man? How you doing? Not too bad. It's uh, been a whirlwind of a few days with the draft going on and everything. I feel like I've been glued to Twitter and everything else, just trying to keep track of what all's happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to believe and what not to believe, because you guys send me stuff all throughout the day <laughs> at know. work. And then I get it all at once in between like meetings and things. And I'm like, I don't know if this is true or not. And you were like, you, you were trying to tell me to relax on the Mavs deal. Yeah. Uh, the potential of paying Al Horford like 30 million. And I was just panicking. <laughs> I know. I was dude. like, I was yelling at my fiance on the way to a movie. Like what, what the hell are the Mavericks doing right now? <laughs> yeah, man. I was, it's funny because whenever you were kind of freaking out about it, I was like, Oh, he probably doesn't realize that it says this is like a, a potential rumor kind of thing. He probably just didn't see that or whatever. And I get it, man. Like, there's just so much happening. Like, every time I open up Twitter, I'm like, wait, did I miss something? Did I, you know, is there something I didn't didn't catch or whatever the case may be? What if the Lakers fucked up now? It just, it, it doesn't stop. It really doesn't. No, I mean, in the era of instant information, it's just, basketball's really grown to a, a point where it's hour to hour changes. Yeah, and all year. Like, you know, in a cup, over a couple day stretch, once a summer, things would happen and now it's like constantly you're getting updates throughout every single day and it's just weird how it's grown from when we were you know 10 years ago maybe uh yeah i mean if, if since that, twitter's been even, relevant yeah since twitter's been really relevant i mean and you think about it too it's really kind of going all year like we started in october and the season's longer now because they tried to get they've tried to eliminate as many back-to-backs as they can but right. they've we we start in October. We go all the way to finals ending in June, and then you've got the draft a week after the finals, and then two weeks later is free agency, and then summer league starts like July fifth. Yeah, so it's almost like a year round thing. It's got to be that point. Like you're pretty much without basketball for August. August. Yeah, a little bit of September, like a <laughs> little bit of September. But even that's like preseason. Like preseason is getting underway at end of September. Right, which it really that makes you really admire guys that are you know going 10, 12, 14 years in the league, guys like LeBron, you know, playing that many minutes. Yeah, you know, because I, I went and played basketball outside today for the first time in six months, and I feel like I'm just shutting down after about twenty minutes of work. So it's just <laughs> kind of crazy what these guys do to their body. I know we were talking about that before the show started. Like we always talk about guys like Nerlens is a great example of someone that we've always talked about that needs to put on size, but like. That can mess with your skill set, obviously. So you've got to. It just it takes a different type of agility and stamina to to kind of push through. And yeah, because if you put on size too fast, or if somebody like Nerlens, who their bones, their joints aren't really built to support too much weight, it can do a lot of damage to them. And we've seen that happen with you know guys that just put too much weight on their frame, like you know Big Baby Davis and the Greg Odens that were just too heavy for their own good. Yeah, just too top heavy. What Embiid needs to avoid doing for sure. I think. With what the Sixers, who didn't have a great draft, which we'll get into, but they what they, they kind of did is it feels like they really needed some backup at center just to make sure that they can they can use load management games with Embiid because I think that dude that's we're gonna start seeing that so much now that that's worked for Kawhi we're gonna see that LeBron's not playing over sixty games next year no not and doing it I don't think Embiid LeBron. You know, Clay, if he if he comes back, it'll probably be half a season to or like thirty games. I mean, all these stars are definitely going to be on load management, and Josh is going to absolutely lose his mind. He but really is. He's <laughs> shown in the playoffs. You know, this year it's kind of the difference. Well, it just makes sense too. Like, and I, I think Simmons was talking about this this week, where LeBron is pay, play, already played like fifty six thousand minutes, and he's like third on the list ahead of like. I think it's Russell and Wilt or something like that. So, uh, something like that. But regardless, like, he's already played a lot of minutes, so they're definitely going to try to keep him as balanced as humanly possible because the Lakers' window is like two years here. Two years tops. And, tops. I mean, that's that's why you give up so much of your future to just say, I'm going to win it either this year or next year because that's really – I mean, we think LeBron's going to come back strong next year, right? Yeah, he should. Yeah, so I would say, you know, LeBron comes back and is still a top three to five player. You got AD, who we've said has been the best player in the league, you know, at, at certain points over the last 18 to 24 months. So you got to think if they put together at least three to four other decent pieces in free agency, 
and avoid doing anything stupid like giving Kimba $35 million, that they're going to have a chance. So I thought that originally about the whole, what do they do now? So uh, the whole thing with them pissing away $6 million in cap on accident is absurd to me. Absurd. Like, how does that happen if you're the Los Angeles Lakers? I mean, that's kind of the stamp of we are the most incompetent, well, or worst-ran organization in the league when they used to be maybe the most well-run. Yeah, it's it's right up there with the Suns. Like, the Suns have zero yeah. plan whatsoever, which we'll get into as well. But I just, I can't, they don't have some guy that's in the corner that's like a, a astrophysicist or whatever that calculates the cap. You know, those guys that do that crap. They don't have some guy saying, uh, guys, hey, by the way, like it, that's crazy to me. I mean, Rob Palenka should just know that rule. Well, yeah, especially considering he was an agent. God Almighty! So that, so, now, that's so what's the number? That, what's the final number that they're going to work with? Um, twenty-three, last, I think. Twenty-three, yeah, twenty-three point six, I think. So I mean, it, it it in it doesn't. Ultimately, I think what this ends up coming down to is that Anthony Davis is going to waive that kicker, man, and they're going to figure out a way to get him the five million dollars or six million dollars or whatever. Well, yeah, he's and he's going to make more money probably just being out in L.A. and being on LeBron's team, being right. in Space Jam. Like those guys are about to just crush it in marketing. You don't think that they're just going to pay to have pay him more to star in Space Jam, and that's how they're going to make up the difference? That's exactly what they could do. Yeah, that's uh, great. Point. You know, so I mean, at the end of the Bobby day, that's, that should be what happens. He shouldn't have to do that though is my point and so the whole thing is that he has a trade kicker he has to waive otherwise they lose cap space and they didn't think about that before they made this massive trade don't get me wrong man the trade was the right trade like you have to do it you you don't have a choice it doesn't matter what you give up you got to do it i don't i i get the reasoning behind that i don't love it but i get why you have to do it does that i mean are you kind of in that camp i'm 100 percent in that camp i mean and that's more so because I want to see LeBron, you know, LeBron get a championship. And this is the only opportunity that he's going to have is with a player like Anthony Davis at this point in his career. But if you're a Lakers fan, I mean, I would say, yeah, still like you, yeah. you risk the championship for the next two years and mortgage the next five to seven after that, uh, because you've been terrible for a decade. So I think if you have the opportunity, you go for it. And what, so what would you give them odds to win the championship? once over the next two years like 10 to 1 probably okay depend- so like 10 chance it's going to depend mm-hmm. on who they sign in the offseason sure here, or here in free agency here in a couple of weeks and so that's what this the other part of this now becomes because like they've got a very particular cap type situation because they pissed on so many players good players over the last like five years right. your d'angelo russell's your uh, Julius Randles, all those types of players that like matter. Brooke Lopez walk out. Yeah, you took on, dude. I'd forgotten they took off the took on the Timothy Moskov contract not too long oh ago. Oh my god, yeah, it was four for sixty four. That was yeah, that awful because really LeBron terrible. made him look really good for like a series and a half. Yeah, he really did. It was god. an absolute monstrosity. LeBron is like a corporation in terms of like getting guys paid contracts they absolutely don't deserve. Absolutely. Well, Rich Paul is. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a combination and of both. That's basically just LeBron. Right. In the form of an agent. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie hasn't won any rings since he's been with LeBron. I'm just, I'll just i say that. You Dude, know. did you see the uh, the Space Jam roster? Like, yeah, which, which it was, players are on that? Yeah, so that wasn't too bad. So which players are on it? Re- refresh my memory if you have it. So, obviously, they're, so they're saying Anthony Davis is going to have uh, a pretty big role a pretty big role in it. And then Clay Thompson is as well, where the other two big names that I saw in it. Dude, like, I can and, I'm see pl- that. I, and I'm pulling it up right now to see. Oh, whatever. and then two of the leading uh, WNBA stars. I can't remember. I always, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I always blank on on uh, that one girl's name. But, but I mean, those cool. are some pretty big names because I was thinking he was maybe going to strike out. Obviously, getting AD as a teammate gives him the ability to put him in the movie, which is a huge monetary advantage. And right. you get Clay Thompson in there, which. It's kind of ironic given what what everything that's just happened, but yeah. I, I think, think I mean I, I think everyone that, loves Clay, so I think that's a good a good person to put in there. I think that we make a lot out of what what is happening because we live in that that echo chamber of whispers around the NBA of what people think sure. are happening. You live in that we live in the age now of the I'm hearing versus like real sources. Not yeah. sources told me like I'm hearing that X Y Z is happening, and that's just sort of how that goes. 
But I, I I love that for Space Jam because I mean they need to do this right. We've talked about that at nauseum since we started the show, and I so I mean I think that that kind of thing is going to help solidify Anthony Davis being there because that's the other part of this thing that I don't hate. Just me being me, I I I'm always going to throw shade on the Lakers where I can. But like, there's a chance. It's a very very minuscule chance that he could not. They could not go well this year, and he could turn around and leave. Like Rich Paul was adamant that he was going into free agency so what's your floor for them this year oh they've got to win what how many games they win last year 37 uh yeah 37 i think so they 37 games they need to win they need to win like 50 games probably not with uh, i agree with that i think a 51 season is what you expect from that team but i'm asking you how many do you think they'll win like what do you Um, think the over under in your mind should be well, again, so it's going to depend. It's really going to de- well right now they are, but it's going to depend on who they sign because so we kind of getting back to what you were saying a few minutes ago, like they could go out and sign Kimba, which would probably be a really stupid thing to do because given all their salary cap situation and everything, they don't have a lot to fill out the rest of the roster with. And no, you you would lose it. if you lost one of your top three players. You would you would be done for. Right, it'd be another Golden State twenty nineteen type situation. But at that, got to sign multiple players. I agree with that, but to the same to the same tune. Like, what if you just go sign Kimba and then just go like all in? Like, I, I get that. That's the risk, I mean, right? Is that if you lose one, yeah. it's all over. I get that, but like you're you've gone balls to the wall all in anyway. So you may as well go all in. Like you like I get what you're saying and that's the smart thing to do and I just don't think that's what they're going to do. And I could come around on that if cuz with Kimba I think you know what you're getting. You're going to get you're going to get a pretty good score, right? Yeah. And a really good score. And I like the idea of getting two to three players, but it's guys that, you know, like a Malcolm Brogdon, Patrick Beverly that I think would work well. If it, if you're going to get another Rondo, Lance Stevenson, Tyson Chandler, then yes, go ahead and go get Kimba because that's going to be way better. Yes. But I don't know. I just, I don't trust Polinka to get this done, but we'll see. I mean, he, LeBron and AD have came, so let's see what, what they pull off here. This is kind of what they do with that money is actually kind of the most dependent of, the Lakers season outcome next year, I would say. I agree with that. And I think too, that they knew, and I think I said this on the last show, cause we, we didn't really get a chance to break this down and really think about it last show. Cause it right. broke like 15 minutes before we came to the studio. Yeah. But I, I said this last week and I just can't really get past it. I just don't think that they would have traded that much without knowing he's going to resign there. Right? I think that's fair. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's fair. Dude, if he left in a year, that would be crazy. No, oh I don't think God. I don't think it's a rental. I think he's going to get it. Kyle, that's my dream. But that will not happen. <laughs> There's like a 5% chance that happens, if that. But if God. he left, that would be catastrophic for the league, for the Lakers and LeBron's career. If they like <laughs> miss the playoffs or something, I could see that potentially Oh happening. man, that would be the best thing that could possibly happen next year for me. Just, or they just get they get the eight seed and get swept 4-0. That would actually be worse than getting the nine seed, I think. Yeah, no, by Houston or something like that. Yeah. Because Houston's gonna I, I think they're gonna have to run it back. We'll get there in a Yeah, minute. are they gonna run it back though? That's the question. I mean, we keep kind of hearing flip-flops on what James Harden and Chris Paul's relationship like. I try not to look too much into that because it's probably not as serious as you're taking it, as people are taking it. But I do think they have a really good shot running it back with Golden State being in the situation that they are with their current roster. But I understand the thinking of trying to do something new because of how it's ended the last two seasons. But, I mean, you tell me right now with what we have on paper, even if Kawhi goes to the Clippers, pencil that in, you know, I don't think anyone in the West is better than them. Um, Depends what – maybe if Denver adds a player. No, yeah, so if – Portland, like It's going to depend on what Porter is going to be, right? It, it, we, it's really hard to say right now because we just don't know what the landscape's going to look like because if Kawhi plays for the Clippers, that's almost a done deal right there. It is. I'm saying include that. Make, yeah. Put Kawhi on the Clippers, though. I still kind of like Houston more. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I get why you say that. Because they're going to lose Patrick Beverly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who who else they got? They got Lou Williams. Yep. They got Montrezl Harrell. Yep. Gallinari? Are they going to try to move that contract, they're, maybe? I, I think they're going to move him. They're going to have okay. to. So, Montrez Harrell, Kawhi, Lou Williams. Lou Williams. 
yeah. And I mean, you probably have this chance of signing like Tobias Harris back if you want mm. to. They have that, that much money to sign Kawhi and Tobias Harris? Well, so that would be the thing where they'd have to move the Gallinari contract. Okay. Yeah. Because he's getting paid like 20, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Something ridiculous. But some team would take that on for a first round pick. That'd be worth it, too. Possibly. Yeah. Just take it. If you're, if you know you're going to sign Jimmy Buckets or whatever, then just do it. And, you know, and get rid of the it's almost like the lakers thing like at some point there are times where you have to know when to to hold and you there are times when you have to know when to be aggressive we talk about right. that with the mavericks a lot where with the chris stops thing like that was not in the cards but they shipped dennis smith jr right on out of here whenever that came up because God, that made me so happy though because we haven't been that aggressive no and and, and that was the smart thing to do though compile draft picks figure right. out what you have and then get aggressive when you need to get aggressive. So when you get to a year like now, even if you decide not to get super aggressive right now, you still have a really bright future and things to build towards and all that. And and so there are times for that for teams, but there are times when it says, you know what, I don't give a shit about the next seven years. We need a championship. We need Anthony Davis. We need LeBron to win now. And that's how this has to work. That's why I was saying about the Kemba thing. Like, you almost, like, it doesn't even matter at that point because you just got to go. Do you ultimately think they should go Kemba? Oh, I don't know. I don't think that they should, but I think that they will. And can you get Kemba for, at 23-6? Can they figure out a way to make that where they go over? Can they go over? They wouldn't be able to go over because he's... Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. So the only time you can go over is if you're signing with your home team, like your bird rights are there. So, I mean, in that case... I mean, Well, I mean, you can always go over, but it's just going to cost you a goddamn fortune. Right. So that's really what it comes down to. So all that being said, I, I feel like... The Clippers would have no problem shipping, you know, a first, even two first rounds or whatever to take Gallinari on out of there, you know, a first and two seconds or, you know, whatever you sure. want to do to get Gallinari out of there. If it means that you're going to sign Butler or Tobias Harris, probably not Tobias Harris for that, but uh, well, mean, you could probably sign Tobias Harris and uh, I don't know. I'd have to see how their cap exactly is. If Jamal Murray takes a step forwards, I mean, I think that's a pretty good team because you yeah. know what you're going to get out of Jokic and Absolutely. score in there. I think. I mean, that puts Denver definitely at the top of the conference. They're second seed this year. And these are just teams that we know have been good this year that haven't made a splash. I mean, we talked a right. little bit about it before we came on. Like, there's a lot that the Mavericks could do to to make themselves relevant really quickly. You know, there's a lot of moves like that. Like, the Mavericks seem really happy with their guy that they got. And they were content to move back to make sure that they got a couple of assets in return to do that. So, I mean, that that's a team right there that may kind of sit tight and see how it goes because I think you know I think you got to figure out what you have with them but you could be really aggressive too yeah I mean there's been the rumor floated out there that they could go Kimba and Horford which would be Kimba probably getting like 30 mil a year and Horford around 20 but I mean if they do that they're instantly a competitor in the west absolutely maybe not a strong competitor but a competitor uh, it depends on obviously how healthy kp is and what kind of step forwards luca takes because if luca becomes even a better player it's where he's almost all you know all-star caliber he's right on the fringe last year and kp comes back and he's the shooter and rim protector that he was you have the leadership of horford with yeah. his defensive presence and his ability to knock down a shot i mean he showed it in the playoffs this year and then you had a guy like kimba Assuming that you know the big pick question there would be, can he flow with Luca where it's not taking the ball out of Luca's hands too much? Can yeah. he maybe be a little bit more of a, you know, come off the screen and hit a shot like how the Warriors do? Can he step his defense up? There's a lot, a lot to really to kind seen. of break down there to see if you would want to do that. But man, given our free agency history, I would love to see, yeah, a Kemba or Horford <laughs> signing there. That yeah. That would be wild. I can't that believe that be Horford. Yeah, that place that would be absolutely electric, and that would be a complete revamp of the team within about three and a half years. That's impressive. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if you compare this to the roster that they could, if they got that the roster that they would have then versus twenty four months ago. I mean, it is just it'd be really impressive. I think that they did well by letting someone else figure out what Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be. Yeah. I, I hope so he does well. DSG, but I don't know. I, I do hope too. he does I hope well. It ends well, but I don't think it will. Yeah, I just don't think his ceiling might be as high as people may think. And I, unfortunately, the Knicks are not going to be the one that's going to be able to figure that out. I can already tell you that. Yeah, I mean, the best thing for him, developmental wise, would be to get out to get off the Knicks roster. Yeah, which I doubt will happen. 
No, because that's I don't think one of their, wants to take the risk on him. Right, and it's one of their few young pieces. So, uh, but I, I just think there's going to be teams though that could potent that we don't see right now that could potentially change that landscape quickly in the West. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but we'll know here in like <laughs> about a week and a half. So yeah, it's, it's exciting, man. I mean, this has been a really crazy 2019 of basketball with the you know competition of the playoffs, the way the finals ended you know, the AD trade and all this free agency stuff that's going on. I mean, that's the most – it's the most noise that we've had in the NBA offseason since probably 2010, since the decision. Yeah, I don't hate that. And we're not even halfway through it all yet. I mean, oh, there's, yeah. There's and I mean, so much to work through The draft, here. I mean, you know, that happened two days ago. We need to talk about that. I mean, this draft, although it may not be the – the deepest that we've seen, certainly over the last four or five years, the top of it is as exciting as we've seen in a long time. Yeah, there were some surprises in this draft for sure. I can't believe Cam Reddish dropped to 10. Yeah, I don't hate Cam Reddish at 10. No, I don't. I think that's probably where his natural value is. Yeah, I think this is a good value there. But I I, I mean, so let, I guess we can start with the obvious. Let's just kind of run down the top 10 here real quick. So the Pelicans, obviously Zion, that's not a big surprise. Clearly. I mean, I mean, yeah. And, dude, everything he did that night made me like him a little bit more. Yeah. Strong agree. Like, he just carries himself the right way. You know, he's, he doesn't take himself too serious. And you can tell he really just kind of wants to hoop. And I love that about him. Yeah. I think and, a lot of guys in the draft are like that. I think a lot of guys in the NBA are like that. People paint him in a different light. Like, I think Kevin Durant's That's, a lot like that. I think he just wants to ball, man. I really do. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But there was a lot of emotions at the top. Too. Yeah. I mean, Maria Taylor had families breaking down back to back to back on stage. Dude, and it sidebar, it was really wild to watch her next to Bull Bull. <laughs> He's so much Dude. bigger than her. And she's not a small She's like six foot, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's she's like she doesn't cower down like to the size of NBA players very often. I think that's a lot of her appeal. Right. Knows that she's not looking up to the sky Dude, to she's talk six to two. Yeah. She's six two, so Yeah, but he Sorry, she dwarfed him. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, man, there was a lot of emotion here, and I just maybe it's one of those things where it's uh, everybody talks about it being a weak draft, a weak draft. We've talked about this for two years. We've heard we've known this is going to be a weak draft, and I mean that's why we talked about it last off season why Dallas wasn't afraid to ship out a first round pick to swap for Luca this year because ultimately the value is better. Dude, yeah, I mean if you compare the top of last year's draft. Well, I mean, the top three here is nice, but you compare the top eight of last year to the top eight of this year, it's not even close. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you got to think that maybe there's like a lot of emotion around that and like that being special to these guys. And right. like you said, like a lot of guys that just want a ball. Like, I mean, I love where Kobe White got drafted, like by the Bulls. That's a great pick at number seven. I thought, yeah. he, you know, that like stuff like that, like DeAndre Hunter by the Lakers. That's not a bad pick. The Lakers did some stuff in the draft. They didn't do enough in the draft, but they did a lot that's going to help their depth. Well, no, that four, that four uh, from the Lakers is is moving to the Hawks. Oh, that's right, to the Hawks. I completely forgot about that. Because it moved to the Pelicans and then from the Pelicans to the Hawks. That's right, the my bad. The Pelicans took that four pick with their King's Ransom of from Anthony Davis, and they, uh, they acquired that, and then the Pelicans got – so Pelicans got eight. Right. From the so, dude, so, so, quick side rant. So, this this brings up a really good point. I don't like the fact that you can't talk about trading picks and like making these things official until after the year deadline, the uh, league deadline rolls over, because it's just confusing when you're sitting there looking at, you know, the Lakers at number four with DeAndre Hunter, but like that's not what's happening here. Yeah, and it's like Lakers, but if you go to the NBA.com, it'll say like Lakers are in discussions to yeah. trade this pick to the, you know. Right, yeah. no, I know that, but it's like that's not red, like it's not looked at everywhere that way. Like most, Absolutely. NBA.com is obviously good at that, but it, it's just, that annoys me a lot because it makes breaking this stuff down really hard whenever you're trying to, especially because there was so much trade activity in this draft too. Danny right. Ainge was working like a madman throughout this entire draft. Yeah, dude, there was yeah, there was a lot of trading back. Uh, what do you think of the Grizzlies taking John Morant two over R.J. Barrett? Well, you just lost Mike Conley, so you have to. And I, I, I don't hate that. Guard. I think he's a good, good 
it's a gamble, right, with him. Like that's a high upside, though. High upside, right? And you're looking for your next Mike Conley. Yeah, except he's going to be more like Russell Westbrook, who can't play defense. Yeah, and that's the part. He's not going to be defensively as good as Mike Conley, but he's a lot more athletic and. He has some playmaking ability. He does. He's got a lot of raw talent that needs to be shaped. And so you got to, this is where we rely on the organizations to help shape these players and make what, you know, kind of take their natural talents and shape them into what they can ultimately contribute with on the court. And not all teams are great at that. I mean, that was a big question we had about Rick Carlisle is he's never done that before. Is he one of those guys that can can do that? Because not all coaches can and that's okay like Mike D'Antoni's one of those guys you're not going to get him to fucking coach like Brad Stevens did with the Celtics when you know like that kind of thing like he, no he's an ex- he's a veteran coach he you know that's just not his thing right right you know so I I just think like it's ultimately going to depend with him on the coaching staff and what they develop with him and I, I it's just a lot of raw ability I guess that's yeah, but I, I don't hate the pick. I like the Knicks getting Barrett at three. I think that's a great value. I hate for Barrett that he has to go to the Knicks. He seems stoked about it, though. Dude, I think he's going to be a, a good player. He's another guy kind of like Zion. It's the way he carries himself, I really like it a lot. You know, he just turned 19 last week. Yeah. Young dude. He's born in the year 2000. Like, that's crazy. Oh, dude, don't tell me shit like that. That's upsetting. Isn't that depressing? Like, what is is happening? Yeah, it really is, for sure. (laughs) I I just... Dude, the Knicks... This is exactly what I'm talking about. So, I don't think they're going to sign Kevin Durant. I never did, but I definitely don't think they're going to at this point. No. And I wouldn't honestly blame them. But, like, just because the landscape changed doesn't mean that, like... Like, ultimately, I still don't think he would choose there. I still think he's going to end up in Brooklyn. And we can get into that in a minute. But... I love the Knicks do this all the time where it's we're going to go for the the big, you know, free agent out there, your LeBron, your Melo, your whoever. Right. And then they're going to, you know, get a player in the draft. They're going to build around it. The last one we heard about this, Kristaps Porzingis. They shipped him out of town as soon. Because he didn't want to be there, man. He got tired of that, the way the organization was handling things. And so now they've got their new cornerstone and they're striking out on the free agents. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to build around R.J. Barrett. Guess how this is going to end? The same goddamn way it always does. He's going to leave. Well, he's he's going to leave, or they could do the smart thing, which is sadly tank and get another high pick next year. <laughs> the the thing is, they don't really need to try to tank. Like, they, yeah, I guess that's true. Just <laughs> run it back with, with a little Kevin Knox DSJ combo. It's absolutely absurd, but it just doesn't change the fact that Frankie they're not. The, Frank, dude, I like Frankie Smokes though. His game or his personality? Because I hate his game. Oh, I love his personality. (laughs) (laughs) But I just... It's the same insanity every single time. And, I mean, it it just... It doesn't stop it. I just don't think that that changes. Even if KD... I think that we've established... You're kind of in the middle on this. Josh is the other side. And I'm I'm definitely on one side of this. But, like, there's another team that is absolutely going to hand Kevin Durant the bag. And they're just going to forego a year of it i think so yeah i think the nets are going to probably be that team it seems like it Kyrie's definitely going there is what it seems like and i i really do think it's going to be the nets and so you have this thing where like all of a sudden it's like oh well he's hurt anyway and so maybe we don't want to do that it's like oh okay that's what it is i knew it would be something because it was definitely going to be something right and honestly i think evan durant deserves that money because i think he'll be a good enough player with the way he can score and maybe develop his game to still warrant that kind of paycheck. Absolutely agreed. He will be of value. It will just be a different value than, and we don't know. He's going to be like late Kobe where he's just taking bad shots, but still making like 48% of them. Yeah. He's going to make them. That's the difference. And yeah. <laughs> it's, oh God, let's not go down this path. dude. Yeah. It's not worth getting into today. We've already bagged no. on the Lakers enough today. <laughs> I do love that Kobe and that whole thing just wants nothing to do. He's like, look, I, I'm retired from basketball. I'm out of all that. And, dude, yep. good on him. Yep. Good on him. I don't give Kobe props very often, but good on him for staying the fuck away. And I don't blame him. That thing's a mess. Yeah, he knows better than to get into a situation like that. He He's going to the front office would just be a shit show right now. He really would. Uh, going back to the draft, though, DeAndre, yeah. DeAndre Hunter at four. 
he goes to the uh, the Hawks ultimately because the Pelicans took that four pick that they acquired in the AD trade, moved it for eight and 17 from the Hawks. So just kind of moved down and loaded up on more depth. DeAndre Hunter's a good player, though. He had a huge game in the national championship. So, I mean, he had like 27 and 10 in that game and just looked like a grown man. Can be a good kind of, you know, D and three guy out on the wing, has some post moves. You put that next to Trey Young, you put that next to, you know, Herner and Collins. It's, it's a nice young team. I don't hate it. It they The Hawks were really aggressive in this draft and like even leading up to the draft because they had a lot of leverage here. Yep. And they they built a young team there really quickly. Now you're going to, it's going to be stinky for a few years till they figure out what it all is. Right. This is more of like a three to four year type of project, but they're definitely in a better spot than they've been in a, like really since Horford and like was Kent Baseboard, all them ran that thing up through the Eastern conference. What was that? 2013, something like that. 14. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 14. They were real competitive, that Hawks team. And, so I, I, Corver was on that team still. They, I mean, they had a lot of good pieces on that team, but I think they're. I mean, it's one of those things where you went for Trey Young, so you've got to just you got to be aggressive around him and hope that works out. And if not, then you find another point guard to build. You know, that kind of fills that. Yeah, that spot. but, but I, I, I really like how they've drafted over the last few years, and I think they're going to be able to develop some chemistry playing together for the next you know couple of seasons. And you know, when those guys are 21, 22, 23, just a couple years older, I think they're going to be pretty competitive. And it's in the East, too, so it might yeah. be a little bit easier to kind of make make some noise in the playoffs. Well, and that's the ultimate model, right? Is I mean, Golden State did this, where they came out Correct. of absolute nowhere because they were they were quietly building for quite some time. I went, they hit really five years in a row. But, I mean, they knew what they were trying to put together. And, I mean, it worked out the right way. That's always the contingent is how this works out specifically. Like, it doesn't, typically doesn't work out exactly as planned. But right. they... I mean, they kind of felt like they figured it all out. I mean, I saw them in 2013. It was I saw them in March of 2013 at Oracle. They were still the shit warriors that everybody like nobody knew about. And I remember seeing that was Steph's like first year, and I remember seeing them. And they didn't have Dre quite yet. And I just remember thinking, man, this is gonna be this is gonna be something. And the next year they won it. And you know, after that, it was like, okay, now we go out and add our Kevin Durant because he's our missing piece. Or you know, that's. That's the model for teams is to build the young talent and then go out and add the pieces that you need later on. That's what the Celtics tried to do. It didn't exactly work well, though. Yeah, although I'm hearing hearing some things they might, may go after D'Angelo Russell, which I think would be a good sign for them. Yeah, we'll talk about the Celtics in a minute. I want to I talk about the draft specifically yep. for a couple more. So more five minutes. Cavs take Darius Garland, who I admittedly have only watched tape on, but I really like his tape. 6'2", 174 seems pretty light, but that's what he's listed at. Uh, I like the way he plays, but it's just a weird pick with Colin Sexton. With Colin like Sexton, yeah. Or six two, so it's like you're just going to run a couple six two guys out there. Like, I don't love that at all. You got to feel uh, like they're maybe going to try to move Sexton, but I don't know what his value is really. Not high. Not high, right? I not. I don't know what they could get for that. Really, you're going to have to kind of package him in on something. Yeah, but I you just got to think that they're not going to keep him around. I mean, you got Kevin Love coming back next year. And you got to think like that's somebody that could add to a con- contender type thing. So maybe you could package that type of thing and try to get rid of it. Right. But I mean, you're going to go until February until you figure that out. Yeah, so, I, I, man, I really like Garland's game. I, I think too. he's going to be really good, but I don't. I really hate where he went. Do, do you take Garland not, over Sexton? Not like the pick. Like five, five is a good value for him. I hate that he went to the Cavs situation. Right. For his yeah. Game. That's so you you would prefer Garland over Sexton? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's close. One's a little more. I mean, you I have, was even high on Sexton last year, and I think I missed on that. But I, I'm higher on Garland because of this. He's a little bit more of a natural scorer, I think. Yeah. Sexton looked really good. I saw him uh, whenever the uh, Cavaliers were in town. He's and athletic. He's very athletic. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, I, I agree with you. I thought that was a little bit weird. Man, the yep. Suns. They don't know what the hell they're doing. No, well, so they traded their sixth pick back to 11 with the Wolves. So then the Wolves go to six. The Wolves get Jarrett Culver, right. which I like Jarrett Culver. I think that's a pretty good value. Um, I think he's going to fit into the T-Wolves system as kind of like a Jimmy Butler type player. He's a little shorter, 
He's listed at six five, but he's a D and three guy. But could that's what you're kind of hoping from him. But couldn't Phoenix use something like that? Yeah, because Josh Jackson doesn't look like he's really going to work out. Right. But, like that's uh, well, the Suns' plan was let's trade back to eleven and take Cam Johnson, who was like number twenty five on Chad Ford's big board list. So I guess they do need something at the three. Also twenty. They also just drafted a 23-year-old guy, which it's like that's it's not a good idea when you get a 19-year-old. Dude, I'm telling you, they don't know what they're doing. That's freaking terrible. That's a terrible situation. Like, and you've got like players like Aiton and I mean Devin dude, Booker. Devin Booker. Oh, that is just a, such a terrible situation overall. It really is. No wonder yeah. Bledsoe wanted the hell out of there. No shit. It's a good trade for Minnesota, though. I like Jared Culver. I think, you know, he, he had a really hard time scoring in the championship game. Those were good. De- those were good defensive teams, though. I think he's going to be a decent pro. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be Jimmy Butler level. That's who I just compared him to. But I think I think he's going to be a, a good player that the Suns could have used. I and mean, then it's, dude, think about it. They like it. it's moves like. In the middle, like I think it was like January, Tyson Chandler wanted up out of there, so they just bought him out. Why would you not trade something? Like he's got value, trade him at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean you can still get something for him. Anything, second rounds, whatever, futures. I don't care. Just don't buy him out. Just don't buy the guy out. It costs you more money. Like that doesn't make any sense. It just it it reeks. I mean, and Robert Sarver is fucking terrible. So it, it just it's a top down approach, and that's exactly what my whole point was with the Lakers overall. With the whole situation is that. Signing Anthony Davis was a really great thing. It was the right move. It was, I mean, I you make that times that move ninety nine times out of a hundred. You just have to. But ultimately, signing or uh, uh, trading for Anthony Davis doesn't fix your top down organizational problems, no. as we're seeing by the cap space situation. If anything, it gives you a little bit, of, a little bit of like an ego that you guys keep landing these superstars, right? But it's kind of, it's a, you know, it's, it's a smoke fall, and mirrors thing, right? I mean. It's false hope, honestly, on that organization being competent. They, they're going to have to change things around, and that might start with Genie Buss. We'll have to see. Yeah, for sure. And you got to wonder, like, I mean, like, the league doesn't step in in any way and just say, hey, th- I mean, they haven't done it to the Suns. Robert Sarver's a terrible sure. owner. And, I mean, so, I mean, I guess not, but it just feels like the same, like, these top-down problems with these organizations or ultimately what gets in the way so much of the time. I feel like the Timberwolves have been in that situation for a long time. Why did yeah. they keep Tom Thibodeau for as long as they did when they had the roster that included Jimmy Butler and fucking Yeah, we could, never, we could never figure that out. But I, I <sighs> think the way that the NBA looks at it is like, okay, this guy spent a billion dollars. I guess we should let him fuck this up on his own. I, that's like, the only way they could you be. You earned the right to fuck it up when you spend a billion dollars. That's that's a good point, I guess. But, uh, but dude, at seven, you kind of touched on it. Kobe White's the Bulls. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. It's a really good. I pick. mean, I know he's kind of he's kind of raw too, in a sense, and he he has some really good playmaking uh, capability, or he showed playmaking capabilities in the uh, ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. Although throughout the year he didn't have as many assists as you maybe want to see from a true point guard, but he can get to the hoop too. He's six five. I mean, that's a that's a big point guard. And you drafted Wendell Carter last year, so you went, you know, you went with size. Oh, excuse me, he's he's six three and a half. Okay, but that's still a good that's still a good size point guard. Yeah, he's very smooth. He's got good handles for sure. Yeah, and he's it, and he's nineteen. So I mean, I think you you take the risk there. I mean, you, so you got Wendell Carter there, who's young. Who else you got that's young? Otto Porter, Chris Dunn, uh, Markinen. You got some decent young yeah, talent there. You definitely got some young talent. You're, you're Do you probably, like their situation or the Hawks situation more? I think they're just at different places, right? Like you, I kind of like the Hawks situation a little more. There's more up, like potential upside there because right, right. you kind of don't know what you have yet versus your things are shaping into to form as to what you have. I like Otto Porter Jr. though. I do too. And I, I think he's a nice player. I don't like his contract. Yeah, and I also don't like Jeff Boylan. I don't like Jim Boylan. Didn't, or he get, uh, didn't he get extended though? Yeah, he did. And I don't like that. I don't I don't understand why Chicago has done that for a long time where they try to get the college coach out there to make it happen and it just never really works out right. That's true. I mean, they had hey. they tried Thibodeau, that didn't work. Then they so they fired Thibodeau. Who'd they go to after that? What was his name? 
dude. I, I couldn't give you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you. I could tell you the Bulls coaching history. It's you been pretty bad. You absolutely know who this would be, though. Hold on. Uh, keep keep slandering the Bulls for a second. Well, I was going to say. By the way, Otto Porter Jr. is getting paid 26 million. Oh, he got paid 26 million this year. He's getting paid 27 two next year, and then he has a player option for 28 four that I'm pretty sure he's going to pick up. So I mean, you're still paying him, you know, 80 million dollars over the next three years. Not great. No, not awesome. Uh, Fred Hoiberg is who I was trying to think of. Oh God, Hoiberg. I just remember the name. Yeah, and him losing a lot of games. Yeah, and him being incredibly ineffective. And Jim Boylan <laughs> was his assistant. So like, I, don't, I mean, that, that oh, didn't really change man. anything. Why bother firing the head coach at all? Although that's what the that's what the Raptors did this year, and we crucified him for it. And then Nick Nurse ended up being a pretty good coach. And yeah, he has Josh a hell of a resume, though. He has a hell of a resume, though. Dude, he did coach in the British League. That's and the WNBA. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and he's got. Uh, didn't he go back to back D League championships, something like that? Yeah. Can never uh, never understate that. Another pick I like at eight is uh, Jackson Hayes. He's a kid from UT, like 6'10", 6'11". Yeah, 6'10", rim runner. Uh, doesn't really have a, much of an offensive game. He's got an okay shot and okay post moves. But he can really just kind of dunk and block shots. And it's going to give – you know, him and Zion, if you run them at the four and the five, is going to give you some pretty good versatility. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think the Pelicans probably did the best in this draft. The Hawks were a close second, though. I really think the Pelicans. Yeah, put, I think the Hawks did a really good job too. I think the Pelicans put a lot of young pieces around Zion the right way. I like Pelicans it. draft a lot. I like the Hawks draft a lot. Um, kind of feels like someone should have hired David Griffin before everybody else did because he's doing a damn good job. <laughs> it's true. He really is. I, I, what do you think about Romeo Langford for the Celtics as a? I don't know. I. Didn't didn't love it. I mean, I watched his I watched his tape, and it's kind of like, are we just getting another like wing player that's just kind of, you know, similar to Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or Hayward or Hayward, like, and just not as talented? That's kind of what it feels like, dude. I as far as the Celtics situations, I'm. Stunned. I like the Grant Williams pick for the Celtics, though. That kid from yeah. Tennessee, he put. I mean, he had some really big games this year. I think he was SEC Player of the Year. Yeah, he has such good handles, man. Like that's a and, Spurs player right there. That's the exact same thing I thought of whenever I I I was uh like watching some game tape on him. Is that I feel like this is gonna be this is very like Popovich style esque type of guy. Yep. I, I just with their whole situation, man. So like Kyrie's leaving. I mean, he's calling up Boston Radio and defending Kyrie Irving, pretending not to be himself. <laughs> I mean, God, that's dude, so sad. if it wasn't him... See, I didn't know if I could actually believe that, right? Because that seems unbelievable. It is, but... I mean, we do live in this world with the burner accounts and all this, so doesn't that just take that up another level? I mean, that's really all that's that insane. is. It's like, who gives a shit what people are saying in the... Ra- you you wanted out of this situation, man. You're, you got your wish. Exactly. And that was the option. And Windhorse was saying today kind of what... The overall feeling is that he just he really grew to hate the city of boston and playing from boston and him and brad started getting into it then him and Ainge started getting into it and you know it just became an overall sour situation and that shit was over once it once the situation once the relationship with Ainge got ruined it was just like there's a hit on Kyrie if he almost come back yeah almost exactly (laughs) dude it's crazy and he so, I mean, you know what? It didn't work out. That's still a trade you make because you have to, right? Like, that was the right trade at the time. And yeah. we found out a lot about Kyrie Irving, I think. I think we found out that he maybe thought he wanted to be a leader, but I don't think he's a leader. And What about Kyrie back to L.A.? Not happening? I don't think that's going to happen, man. I think I, don't either. I, I feel like that's Kyrie... That's been out there in the, the ESPN. Well, yeah, naturally. Realm. But I, I just think there's too much at stake for both him and LeBron's legacy for him to show back up there in that case. In, in in that very specific case. Not LeBron's legacy overall, but like, you know, I think definitely in Kyrie's legacy, for sure. Yep. So, uh, all that being said, man, like, I can't believe that Horford opted out of a $30 million player option in. So, he must know. I think that know. shows you he wants to win, right? It does, but I mean, you can't win with that team if you sign D'Lo here in a couple of weeks. Like, I, I guess that's true. I mean, the upside is there, right? Yeah, and for sure. And, so, and you're staying in the East. Right. So to opt out of that is 
is pretty nuts. And especially if Kawhi's leaving for any reason, which, you know, we don't know if that's happening yet or not. But mm, I think I, I'm i pretty confident it's going to happen. I think so, too. I don't know. I feel like it depends on what day you ask me. Some days I feel like he's going to stay and, you know. Anyway. I'd love to see him stay and kind of keep some balance in the East with him and Giannis over Same there man. and Embiid. But uh, I nine, agree. But go, so I mean, ultimately, like, I don't know what else you do. I mean, they they definitely moved picks around and everything and moved cap space. They traded Aaron Baines. They, uh, you know, they're, they're just they're doing they're making moves that make it seem like they're going to go aggressively after a free agent. And I can't imagine that's not going to be like D'Angelo Russell. No, that's what I think it's going to be. And I, I love that pick. I just think that team can has a lot of scoring options. I agree. And w- and then you also have the option to go out and get like a a big that you're going to need in the. It, I, it's going to be hard yeah, to replace. You move Bain and Horford opted out, so you're going to need you got to go get a big. Yeah. So, but they're somebody that can move their feet and not get killed on switches. But as we've talked about, there are 28 free agent centers this summer, so I think they're going to figure that out. It's Danny, and like three can move their feet. Yeah, maybe three <laughs> feet tied together. I mean, dude, at nine, I love the pick and hate the team. Kind of just like Darius Garland at five to the Cavs. Number nine, Wizards take uh, Rui Hachimura, which is the best name in the draft too. Uh, that kid just... Oh, no. I mean, he has a motor. Uh, Admiral Schofield, who is also on the Wizards now, has the best Admiral name. Schofield. That, okay. That's an incredible name. That's the name of a incredible. winner. That guy's got heart, I'll tell you. <laughs> That's like a cartoon character name, man. <laughs> You're not going to have amazing. any kind of Andrew Wig- uh, uh, Andrew Bynum type situation with him. I'll tell you that we, much. Dude, we had, we had Bull Bull. Yeah. We have Quindary Weatherspoon. I mean, we got this is a great name draft. Yeah, really is. Strong agree. We had another um, Luca go to the Spurs. Go to the Spurs. That's pretty awesome. You know. Yep. Yep. But that kid, the kid Rui uh, from Gonzaga, he has a really good motor and definitely, definitely another guy that seems to be high character and care, really care about basketball. But going into a terrible situation, unfortunately, the Wizards is just another. Sh- that's the Sons of the East. I mean, yeah, it's just terrible. Except, except they have Bradley Beal. That's Dude. the difference. He's better than Devin Booker, but. The John Wall situation, because he's probably going to play n- not at all or half a season on the worst deal in the league, arguably. Yeah. You got to think, though. So uh, they, the Wizards just hired, or they're hiring a new GM. I don't know if they've hired one yet or not. Not that I've heard. No, they have not. Okay. And so you got to think that, God, please don't let Scott Brooks make a bunch of roster decisions, first of all. Please don't let that happen. Like Scott that is Brooks shouldn't be employed. He shouldn't be making any decisions at all. I agree. I think that if you fire a GM, you should fire the coach too. I don't. I don't think there's any reason why that guy should still be there. But anyway, I, I just you must have an incredible relationship with the owner. Exactly, and I I just can't help but think that you got to know that you're just in cap hell, and you're not gonna be good enough to re-sign Bradley Beal and keep him happy for as long as you're going to need to after this year. And at the same time, you could trade him for the goddamn farm because he would be absolutely the biggest free agent available at the deadline if they traded him without 100%. a doubt. I mean, he's a top five uh, three-point shooter and top five defender for two guards. And I mean, he would he would change somebody's team drastically, especially like the Lakers. That would be a perfect type of player. Exactly. And or, he's on a nineteen million a year deal. Like Otto Porter makes eight million dollars more than him. That's an incredible value. But he's only got one more year left of that deal, doesn't he? Two more. Two more years. Two more. And so then you have some he's leverage get there. Thirty-five. Right. So you have some leverage there, right? But regardless, you got to think if you're looking at what the Lakers just gave up for Anthony Davis. Like, say, it's true. I mean, the Lakers, I guess, couldn't really do it if one of their superstars went down. But what if Kawhi went down for the Clippers? You know, and then you've got to start. I mean, I know that doesn't exactly help them specifically, but like that type of situation where you have one of these right. really ultra competitive teams and somebody goes down, you almost got to consider giving up whatever you have to to stay afloat and make it happen. Uh, so, do yeah. you think the Wizards should just trade Bradley Beal and try to get an Anthony Davis type of? Fortune for him? Absolutely. If you can, I think that's almost I think so. always. If you can get you know, like two firsts and two decent players, yeah, because you're not getting quite as much for Bradley Beal as you would Anthony Davis, right? No, and that's fine. Close. Yeah, that's fine. You just got to take advantage of the market. Is really what it comes down to. And I think there's like you got to know. We were talking about this at the beginning of the show. You got to know when to fold and when to hold. You know, and and right. 
I think it matters like whenever like I, it matters not keeping a guy trapped on a team like that because that stinks, and it matters to the league as far as the exposure and all that stuff. So you got to think that they if they have a chance to get out from under all this crap and maybe even. I mean, dude, you may even find somebody that would be willing to take on the John Wall contract if you really tried, but I doubt it. I mean, that thing is terrible and going to be terrible. I don't think anybody's going to take that on. That's like $160 million over the next four years. Yeah, I guess that's true. But anyway, regardless, <laughs> regardless, like if you can get out of some of that hell, you've got to do it. Like there's no way you can't. And look I at New so. Orleans, dude. They're, Dude, last year they were a team that involved Anthony Davis and Julius Randle and Drew Holiday. Now they're a completely revamped organization. And I like their roster I almost love their as roster. much, depending on what Zion can be. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, I think if you're the Wizards, you have to consider it. Yep. And you've also I got agree. pieces like Rui, who you're, you know, you're picking up, and Admiral Schofield. You don't you dare send him out of town. That's just asking for 10 years of hell. The Wizards are just like, who has the best name available? Admiral Schofield, no doubt. <laughs> I wanted the Celtics to take him so bad. Um, what did you think about uh, Cam Reddish dropping to 10 for the Hawks? I mean, we've criticized Cam Reddish a little bit on this show, but it's pretty good value for him. I mean, I think you take the risk there. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you have any option. Did the Hawks really win this this lottery? I mean, you get Cam Reddish at 10, and then you get uh, DeAndre Hunter at 4. I like both those players a lot. I think the Hawks did more trading around in the draft to benefit themselves other than maybe Celtics, the Celtics. did the most trading, but I don't know if it benefited them. Well, it cleared up cap space. And I think that's what they were sure. trying to do. That's true. I don't think Danny Ainge really cares about the difference between, you know, 14 and 16 too much. Like right. just, just generically, I don't think he really cares. So I, it makes total sense. But ultimately I, I think Atlanta did the most within the draft to better themselves. I think the Pelicans did the most outside of the draft via trading to collect assets to do better for themselves in the draft. And I think that's kind of the major difference between those two, right? But I, I just, I feel like those teams came out on top overall. I don't know. I feel like the Bulls did well, but they didn't add a ton, but they still added Kobe White. And I like that pick a lot. Yeah, I think the, I think the Hawks did the most good, in my, in my opinion. I mean, I really do not like what the Celtics did. I think they could arguably be the, the biggest loser here. The yeah. Grant Williams one kind of makes up for it. But, yeah, I mean, Pelicans and Hawks both pretty well, active, and I like that. And I like the Knicks getting R.J. Barrett. Like we said, we just got to see how this is going to play out. And, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be great for R.J. Barrett. Well, and the, the Celtics traded for with the Sixers for number 24 as well and took Ty Jerome. I feel like Nasir is probably the little bit better player there, Nasir Little, but I don't know. I, I don't love the Ty Jerome pick. No, that's going to the Suns. Oh, I thought they got that pick from the Suns. No, they got it from the... I think, fuck, I think they got it from the Sixers originally. That was the Sixers pick, and then, yeah, they traded it to the Suns. Yep. So uh. Ty Jerome is going to Phoenix, it looks like. All right, all this Danny Ainge moving and shifting and all that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to d doubt the uh, godfather here, but I, I don't love the picks aside from Grant Williams. But, I mean, if you think about it, man, that team is full of young guys. And, I mean, the other part of this is you're going to be able to bring Rozier back more than likely. And, I mean, he ultimately, man, what it really comes down to is they should have traded him last year whenever, like, I, yes. I, realize, I get when why they... value was high coming off that run. Well, and also, like, I mean, he's, he could be a starting point guard in this league somewhere. But ultimately, I think Danny Ainge tried to a little bit have his cake and eat him too, where he wanted to hold on to him in case something happened to Kyrie, which I do understand. But I don't think that's a great thing to do to the player. You know? Agreed. I mean, uh, Terry Rozier was very audibly upset with everything, obviously. And I get that. But at the same time, I think getting Kyrie out of there is going to change a lot of that. So... I don't know, man. It's going to be really fascinating to watch and see. I, Danny Ainge always pulls a rabbit out of a hat. They've got a lot of youth on that team. And they don't need a whole lot more of it. It's true. So. It's true. Last thing I'll say about it, another pick I like is uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, which is Shea Gilgis-Alexander's cousin. And it looks like he's going to be on the way to, uh, to New Orleans as well. I like him a lot. I just like dudes that are point guards with 6'10 wingspans, usually pretty good. 
Yeah, I think that works out <laughs> well a lot of the times because the defensive abilities end up being developed there. Right. I, I think, yeah, but I think you're right. Overall, I think the, the Hawks probably did the best of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, so as we go into free agency, what, I mean, is there anything you're looking for specifically to happen that you think has to happen for teams? I mean, where's your head at in all this? I mean, I think that the Mavericks should try to make a big splash. I don't know if they will. I'm starting to be more so in the camp that they will, but that's never really happened historically. So we'll, we'll have to watch that. I think that the Lakers are the ones that you want to pay attention to the most just in terms of, you know, they could really fuck this up. Yeah. Like what they put around LeBron and AD is kind of going to determine the success of this team. I think I said that earlier, but that's what I'm going to be most interested in. And then, of course, is KD going to get paid, you know, given the injury? But I think he will. I think yep. you're in that camp as well. I think Josh has him going back to the Warriors. I'll let him speak for himself next week. But I, I think D'Angelo Russell is, is the other guy. That's yeah. kind of my dark horse that I'm excited to see where he goes. Because I think Kawhi, you can pencil in to the Clippers, Clippers pretty confidently. I think so, too. But I, I that does make me wonder what Toronto does then in that case. Because, the, I mean, you got to think that they're going to try to run it back they just want a title, man. They don't give a shit. They'll, they're like, we'll wait another 25 years. Somebody will come here for one, for one year. Ah, uh, the old uh, keeping the powder dry. I feel like I've heard yeah. that before. Yeah. That's I mean, because ultimately, that's a decent team, but you're still going to need, you know, almost a quiet level player to come in there. Uh, you, I mean, it's without a doubt. It, that team's like, you not. can't just go get Tobias Harris or somebody like that or Chris Middleton. And yeah, you'll still be pretty good, but you're not going to win a title. Yeah, I mean, you, we we watched them try to run that back over and over again. Because who's the alpha on that team? Kyle Lowry? I'll pass. Probably. Yeah, no way. I, I, he he does have more of my respect because he has a ring now, but nonetheless. Oh, fuck yeah. Nonetheless. I, I, not even trying to disrespect Kyle Lowry, which I've done plenty of. I mean, he, he really stepped up in big situations in the finals, but uh, no, I just don't want him to be the best player on my team. Yeah, for sure. So I'm really interested to know where Horford's going to land. I'm really interested to know where Jimmy Butler's going to end up. Jimmy Butler's interesting. Like, I don't really give a shit about Tobias Harris or Chris Middleton as much. I I think there's a... Man, I really don't know about Chris Middleton. All I know is my gut feeling on him landing with the Mavericks is bad. And I just think that's a bad idea if you're going to max pay that guy. I just... We've talked about it before, but I, it's really hard to look bad when you're playing next to Giannis. I mean, it's exactly sure. the Kyrie LeBron thing, right? Dude, and that kind of makes you feel like the Bucks. I mean, if they lose Brogdon and Middleton, what happens there? I, I don't know, because and we've, we've discussed that a lot because that team is very specifically crafted around him, around, around him, Giannis. Around Giannis and his skill set and what basically what his skill set lacks, you know? And so that... I mean, that's what I'm saying is, and that's why I don't hate the, the Celtics going and getting like D'Angelo and then finding a free agent center and then running that thing back. Because you got to think that, you know, if the landscape of the East changes like that, where all of a sudden the Bucks are toppled like that just because of free agency, and right. then you've got, you know, D'Lo taking a step forward, Tatum, Tatum taking a step forward, you know, Juice, the same, you know, all that stuff. Like, you know, you got to think that Hayward's probably going to come back around a little bit more. I mean, he started to look healthier at the end of the season, but dude, he looked terrible in the playoffs. So, I mean, you got to, I mean, you're going to keep running that out there. So I, I just think the landscape here could change so quick. And especially if Kawhi leaves, it goes to the Clippers. Then, yeah, yeah the I think the West is going to be loaded. I think that's going to be the net result. If I had to make a prediction at this point is that the West is just going to be absolutely loaded next year. For sure. I'm fascinated to know about Boogie's value. Man, I don't even know what to do with that number. It's pretty low in my eyes. He couldn't really get off the ground. And I know he'll be healthier. Yeah, I, I know agree. he wasn't 100%, but it's probably more than $5 million that he got paid this year, but it's nowhere near like 20 which is what I was kind of thinking it would be. 20 a year? Yeah, no way. No, probably. Uh, I don't know, I man. It's 10 to 12 right now. I think One year so. deal. Dude, I, I don't think that's his value, but I just think some team is going to be stupid enough to do that. They're going to bid against themselves like the Lakers did with the Pelicans. and Just, just go four for 84. Dude, yeah, for no real valid reason whatsoever. And I just, mm. I, I, I don't know. I, I I could be wrong, but I just feel like that's what's going to happen. That, that these, is the, these are the exact types of guys where this happens with. Yeah, your optimism on 
NBA GMs doing the right thing is usually pretty low. So. <laughs> yeah, because I've <laughs> seen it go completely awry, and it just, I mean, countless times, you know, and right. I, I just, and he's probably worth more than just like a minimum, though. So I, it's, I really just don't Definitely know what his value is. Worth more than a minimum. I'm just I'm saying 10 to 12 for one year, see where he's at. Yeah. You know, hoping he doesn't get injured again this year. I wouldn't hate the Mavericks signing him. Now, if it's for 10 or 12. Yeah. 10, yeah. I, yeah, probably something like that. It would probably take more than that, I think, unfortunately. But I, I don't know. We'll just have to see. So I'm fascinated to know about his value. I'm, I agree with you. I'm not as interested in Tobias Harris, but I, I am interested in Chris Middleton, I think. What do you think, D'Lo? What do you think D'Angelo Russell's value is? Like, Five for I think he's a max player. Twenty eight, thirty million. Yeah, I think he's max. a max player. I mean, I think I know the Celtics are going to try to max him. I don't know if he's worth that, but I think they're going to try to max him. And I think if, he's, he, if he makes he, another progression this year, it's probably not going to be as drastic as it was from the previous year to this year. But yeah. if he can take just another step forwards, yeah, I, I think that's fine. But that Lakers he's an all-star player this year. But that Lakers like juggle of all that talent was so terrible that we don't. I mean that step forward could. I mean look the Lakers good. could have had Julius Randle, <laughs> Brooke Lopez, Kuzma, Kuzma Lonzo I mean, Ball. They, yeah, dude, yeah. they had they've had a lot. They've pissed away a lot of talent, and it's a lot of guys that could have had around LeBron right now. A lot of extra bodies, exactly, and a lot of guys that could potentially do exactly what Julius Randle and D'Lo just did, where they go to another organization and they take a massive step forward. And I I don't think that that's out of the question with him again. Because he could have been that player the whole time, but if he's not developed right, you know, I mean, these Lakers fans, they'll be the first to tell you, oh, well, you know, what has he done? You know, so he's been there. Well, you haven't done anything to develop him. Like, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, he was in a bad, that was a bad team in a bad situation. God, it really was. Because that was even before the starters on that roster. You can't expect that guy to be successful when he's 19 years old. Right. I mean, he'd been looking over his shoulder the entire time because LeBron's camp, like Rich Paul and all them were scouting what te- guys they were going to get rid of to get Anthony Davis in there like a year and a half before. So like, it just my point is that he could be someone who really takes another step forward or he could be at his, his peak. I don't know. I really don't know. And it's hard to say, but his, he scored 21 this year. I think he has a peak a little higher than that. I think so too. He looked really, and it took him a little bit to start cooking in Brooklyn, but once he did, mm-hmm. he was cooking all year, man. He's really developed a three point shot. I mean, that's going to kind of be the X factor is he can be a 38% three point shooter. He can get to the gets to the rim pretty well. He has that kind of nice little floater in the lane. He's a natural scorer, man. Like I think he could get to 24, 25 points. I'd like to see him step up with his, you know, his ball handling and his vision and his defense. Yeah. And then he's definitely absolutely worth a max deal. And I'm I'm really fascinated to see I really want to know what Julius Randle's value is going to be, too. because I think it's higher than nine. That's what he got this year. I definitely know it's higher than nine. He got yeah. oh, God, he got so low-balled on that thing. I mean, he did a one-on-one, so it worked out fine. But, like, I don't think that he should have had to gone anywhere and proven anything. No, I mean, he's been a 16-8 and eight guy. I mean, that's... That's valuable. That warrants more than $9 million in this, in this league. era where guys are getting paid $20 million just because they can hit a three or play defense. Right. So I'm I'm there are tons of things that I'm really really fascinated to know about as far as value goes because that's what this comes down to is the 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 value is what teams say the value is. Right. And if you say that Delo's a max guy, then he's a max guy, I guess. And so that's where it gets interesting though, is I, I don't understand and I wanna we'll probably go ahead and wrap up here in just a second with this. And something I just don't understand is the Lakers just got done being in this situation and they're not the only ones by any means because this happens all the time where teams get into this thing where they bid against nobody. And it's like, why, how does that happen? Like how, like, are you like, how do you just open up the doors and say, take everybody you want? Like how I don't like, yeah, they definitely gave up too much there. They, they could have just not, not given, they could have just not given as many picks away. Like that's right. what I really don't understand. And the pick swaps and everything else, dude. Like, and that's what it's we bad. talked about. We talked about this. You do this trade. You have to do this trade. I get that. But like, they were bidding against You don't have nobody. to give them as much as you gave them. Right. They would have done it for a little less. The, but Danny Ainge didn't want any. He absolutely said Jason Tatum is off limits. He's not trading juice. And that was the end of the conversation. And that's yep. that's fine. And you I bet you Danny Ainge would have timed it correctly. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and I guarantee you he would have got him to waive the trade kicker. Dude, you know what? Before we do sign off, though, you know it's one thing we haven't discussed on this free agency topic is what if play doesn't go back to the Warriors? What if the Warriors don't pay him? Or is that just 
not even relevant in your mind. I don't think it's relevant in my mind. I think the way the Warriors. I don't. I don't either. I was trying to kind of suck you in there. I don't either. But a lot of people think it. A lot of people do, but I don't think they know what they're talking about. That's fair. I just think he, man, that's the perfect situation for him. Like, there's where is he going to go where it's a backcourt situation next to Steph Curry that works as well as that because it's very, very specific. Right. I, I just don't see him as a natural fit. Like, I do you really see Clay Thompson being the team leader? I don't think he's a follower. No. I think he's a leader in his own way, but I don't think he needs to be the guy. I think he's in the perfect situation right now, and I think he knows that. I think so too. And I just, we could definitely kick that around. And man, that would be the like that'd be some twist that would really surprise me is if he signed a fucking max deal with Phoenix, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Like that would be a that would be wild. That would be you know, like that would be. There's always one of those left turns that you just don't see coming. And but I just don't think that's it, man. I I just really think he's going to be back there. Who do you, who would you rather have of these three guys? Because I think all these guys are going to get like twenty five mil a year. Tobias Harris, Vucevic, or Jimmy Butler? What what team am I? Just in general, who do you think has the most value across the board in the NBA? Probably Jimmy Butler. A hundred percent. But do you want to put up with this shit? Probably not. But I mean, if right. you're, I mean, I think Vucevic is going to get grossly overpaid. I think his shit was way less of a deal though in Philly. You didn't really hear much about it. He was pretty. Like I think if you're there doing the right things to try to win, and you're like obviously everything's committed to winning, and I guess that's true. You know, it just seems like if well, if that's know, the case, let's just put them on the Lakers and see what the fuck happens. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> like in a way, you almost have to like I, I. That's the hardest thing about doing what we do all the time, man. Is you can talk yourself into almost anything, and I just think there's this nagging feeling that they ha- feel like they have to do this, and so they're going to probably do it, and. <laughs> there's a logic to it but again it's all or nothing it's living and dying by your your three superstars and i mean i don't hate that logic either but i mean golden state's been doing it for a couple of years now but it's still it's still a risk jimmy Butler gives you a lot better chance to be a good defensive team than kimba walker does i will I, say that i agree and you mentioned that earlier and I, we'll, we'll close on that because we gotta get going but uh, with kimba walker i just feel like he's been he's had to be the shooting guy in in charlotte this whole time and we don't really know what he would do off the ball and that's something that would concern me signing free agency wise not to say that he can't do it but we just don't know that and that's concerning for a guy that you're signing max money to all that being said i i really interested to know what teams are going to try to pay him i think it's going to be the lakers obviously he's going to he has the option to sign back in charlotte my gut feels like he ends up back in Charlotte. I don't know why, but it just does. Dude, I can't wait. I mean, yeah, he'd be turning down a lot of money, so he, he might just take the money and run. But we'll wrap up on that, and we'll come back uh, probably right before free agency. Yeah, I think so. Well, we, there's all kinds of rumors that we can talk we'll have, about. Yeah, 50 fake rumors by then and like six real ones. Yeah, Jim, Jim Dolan's going to ban more newspapers from the <laughs> you know from the media. It's you know all kinds of good stuff. So anyway, yeah. all right, man. Well, we'll wrap up, and we'll see you guys next week. All right, man. Later. Later.